Welcome to Coffee Talk, dear listeners. This is the sister podcast of Crescent City Crime. I'm Tracy. And I'm Brian. And thank you to everybody who listens to us. We always appreciate you tuning in. Welcome to anybody who may be new. If you are new and you, for some reason, just randomly picked this episode to start with, about once a month we do try to take a break from Murder and Mayhem and discuss other bits of history from the city of New Orleans. Yes, thank you. We enjoy having your company. We love to talk to you. So, if you are not subscribed to us, go ahead and do so. We're on every podcasting platform, and we are also on YouTube. And today's topic is going to be about something that people come to New Orleans for, and something that citizens of New Orleans deeply appreciate, and that is food. Oh, yes, yes. We're, we are we are easily a top five city for food in the country. Arguably number one. Well, probably, yeah. And in fact, I was talking to somebody at my, at my day job recently about how if you don't have flavor in your food, I don't want it. Yes, yes. Like a perfect example of a city that people do not travel to for food is, is of course, London. <laughs> just, just to give one example, okay. People from London will will straight up tell you, yes, their food is bland. People come, people <clears throat> come from London or will come from England to the city of New Orleans, and they like I've heard about how, for example, one of the one of the things in England is that they don't get the fresh produce that we can get in America because you know they don't really have that that sunny climate like how we do in some parts of this country yeah like we do down south or even in california a lot of our produce is grown in california yeah yeah well yeah but today we're not really talking about produce we are talking about sandwiches specifically po' boys yep and every region in this country has a different take on unique sandwiches. Uh, you know, Subway sandwiches, you know, they're called grinders, heroes, hoagies, torpedoes, <clears throat> but we call it a po' boy. Yeah. Every sandwich has their own subtle qualities and history, but, you know, a proper pro- po' boy comes on freshly baked Italian French bread with a crusty exterior and a soft interior and there are so many different variations. You could be like um, Bubba from Forrest Gump when he's mm-hmm. talking about shrimp. You know, you could you could talk about all the different po' boys that we could create out here in New Orleans. Yes, yeah. There's variations on on French bread. Some good, some not so good. An example of an excellent variation of French bread is. Uh, from uh, Dong Fong, which is a Vietnamese uh, bakery located out in New Orleans East. They have a unique version of French bread that is distinctly different from the Italian variation or the traditional French variation. Uh, It's quite different, and it's so good that there are local supermarkets that do feature it. Yeah, it is. It's quite good. It is quite good. Uh, But, you know, Typically, a po' boy 
will have some sort of seafood in it, catfish or shrimp, oysters. Uh, but then, of course, there's also the non-seafood varieties, like there's hot sausage, there's hamburger po'boys, and roast beef po'boys. Like I said, you could really go on and on. Yeah, ro roast beef is extremely popular, especially well, especially with with gravy. Yes, mm. with the roast beef debris in it as well. And uh, a bit about the hamburger po'boys, you have to be careful where you get a hamburger po'boy in this town. Yes. Um, that, that's the one po' boy that you have to order with caution because there are places that have hamburger po' boys that use, um, you know, pretty low quality, uh, meat. Yeah. Freezer meat because the, this is a type, it's a type of establishment that has the, the hamburger po' boy for the kids. Right. You know, and so it, it's, but there are places that do a really awesome hamburger or cheeseburger po' boy like Lee's Hamburgers mm -hmm. for example like three different locations in Jefferson Parish uh, their hamburger po' boys are done on a, the Italian vari a variation of French bread and yeah as far as like a, a hamburger cheeseburger po' boy goes they are to die for uh, I don't get the cheeseburger variation because the the excellent Italian French bread overshadows the the grated cheese, mm. which really, if you get if you get the cheeseburger in a regular bun, that's when you're going to really taste the grated cheese over there. So yeah, Lee's an example of a place to get a, a hamburger po' boy. Uh, you know, you got your gas station po' boys, which are on the low the lower quality end, but they can also <clears> be surprisingly good. Yeah, some sometimes okay. I mean, don't, never get a hamburger po' boy at a gas station. No, a place do to that. avoid. Uh, unfortunately, the hamburger po' boy at Parkway Tavern, famous, world famous for po' boys. That, that, that's that's a no go right there. That they do the little kids po' boy with the low quality meat for some reason. Uh, even food critic Tommy Fitzmorris will warn you about that one. <laughs> uh, Rocky and Carlos in Chalmette has an which is outside of New Orleans. Yeah, suburb of New Orleans, which is uh, mainly on the map because of refineries. You know, it's, it's a refinery town. Uh, that's a little that's a little on the rural side. <clears throat> Rocky and Carlos has an excellent hamburger or, or cheeseburger po boy. Delicious because they're you know they're another one of those restaurants that gets bakery delivered French bread. You know, we have Leidenheimer or, say, Gendusa. It's a couple of the bakeries that deliver French bread to restaurants. That's that's correct. <clears throat> yeah. But what if I told you, Brian, <clears throat> that our current version of a po' boy, what, what you and I think of as a traditional New Orleans po' boy, uh, what if I told you that that came about due to uh, a history of a, or, or it came in conjunction with a labor strike? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm going there are a lot to, of New Orleanians who haven't actually heard that story. Well, I'm going to tell that story now. So, in 1929, there was a streetcar strike in the city of New Orleans. The Amalgamated Association of Electric Street Railway Employees, Division 194, went on strike on July the 1st, 1929. 
the strike sent 1,800 unionized streetcar drivers and motormen off the job and onto the picket line. The strike was a labor dispute between the streetcar workers and what at the time was called the New Orleans Public Service, Inc., also known as NOPSI. Yeah, NOPSI was, shoot, NOPSI was in charge of that on into the early 90s. I believe so. As far out as, as, far out as there. And uh, 1,800, wow, 1,800 streetcar drivers in attendance. I mean, that's, uh, there were a lot more streetcars out there back then, apparently. Well, there was also, you know, 1929, people, the, 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 the motor vehicle was a new thing. And yeah. not everybody had that. Yeah, and I, I think back then it was still called a motor coach. Oh, yeah, probably. Because it was essentially a horseless coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, within the first week, I'm sorry. Now, nationally, 1929 actually ranked as one of the most violent years of labor strife in history. And transportation strikes, hap strikes happened across the nation, and there were displays of public support and very passionate displays of public support as well. So, but within the first week of this strike on July the 5th, union men and their sympathizers clashed with police as the company bought in scabs from New York to run the streetcars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Damn Yankees, you know. <laughs> Carpetbaggers. Yeah, difference between a Yankee and a damn Yankee is a Yankee comes down to visit and then leaves. A damn Yankee comes down to visit and stays. <laughs> so there's your difference that that's what we that's what we say down here, you know. <laughs> now, in response to this, streetcars and their storage barns were set on fire. Rails were blocked with timber and blocks of concrete. And scab drivers were attacked with bricks. Wow. And police would fire into, into the crowds at times as well. And two union men were killed as a result of this tactic. Ooh, those, those are the days when police could, could shoot you and get away with it. Well, do you know? Yeah, still, still, still that time, yeah. Do you know what else you could use in 1929 still? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Do you know what else you could still use in 1929? What else? Dynamite. People would dynamite the streetcar tracks as well. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was big violence citywide. <laughs> okay. This was not confined to one area. This was all over the place. And in fact, if you, as a listener, if you've ever come to the city and if you see the uh the the, the green street cars the st charles street car uh those likely survived being dynamited or burned down yeah th those are those are antiques that are still going uh, uh streetcar barn is on a side street off of Carrollton avenue uh fairly close to the river i remember one it was a few months ago i drove past it and what did i see inside I saw a very old streetcar that, you know, didn't look to be in as good a shape as the other green streetcars out there. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, wow. I mean, 
it's one that genuinely looks like an antique. Right. Right. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe my eyes. It looked like a it, it's this the one street car I've seen that looks like a museum piece. And it's still sitting in that barn. You go past the streetcar barn off of Carrollton, South Carrollton Avenue, and you could see it. Huh. Yeah. Okay. The, you, during the day or during the evening time. Uh, when, uh, when it's still open, yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, that that's right around the end of the line for the St. Charles Streetcar, because the St. Charles Streetcar it goes from South Carroll. You can get on it at South Carrollton Avenue and take it all the way to the foot of Canal Street via the Garden District, St. Charles Avenue, which is a beautiful streetcar ride that'll cost you a dollar fifty. A dollar fifty for a nice scenic uh tour via streetcar of the Garden District all the way to Main Street Canal Street. Or you could get on the streetcar at Main Street Canal Street and view the beautiful world famous Garden District. Go all the way to St. Charles Avenue. Get off on St. Charles Avenue. Walk down Historic Oak Street, which has buildings from the late 1800s made of sandstone with the with the names of former businesses still carved into the sandstone, including uh, a couple of former banks. One of them is a, is a uh, Vietnamese pho restaurant that used to be a bank during the late 1800s or early 19 the early 20s um well early 1900s <clears throat> and then you could get right back on the streetcar and go back downtown via the same you know beautiful route uh you know if you if you're staying downtown that's yeah that's exactly right and so that's like th three dollars round trip which is <laughs> probably uh in, in this city it's it's probably the cheapest thing it's the cheapest touristy thing you can do is get on the streetcar from Carrollton or canal you know st charles streetcar okay the green one and go the whole route and then you know do something on one end and get right back on it and go back the other way three bucks round trip you, you can't beat it no. However, <clears throat> while streetcars today are typically full of riders, when the strike was going on, the streetcars that were not destroyed had police escorts, and citizens largely refused to ride them. So, so a common sight was an empty streetcar except for the driver and the police escort. <laughs> okay. Now, at this time, of course when people strike what usually happens to their wages they're not getting paid they're not getting paid that's right so yeah, i don't think there was such a thing as strike pay back then no probably not but you know of course this means a lot of things right like this means you don't have money this means that you can't get food you, you might you can't pay your light bill or whatever if you had electricity at your house back then, you might have just simply had, uh, you know, gas heating, uh, gas light, gas stove. That's true. But but if you were getting, um, my point is that if you were getting the gas as a utility from Nopsy. Well, that's right. You had to have money to pay for it. You had to have money to pay for it. <clears throat> so Benny and Clovis Martin 
were brothers and they had previously been streetcar conductors until they opened Martin Brothers Coffee Stand and Restaurant in the French Market in 1922. During the 1929 strike, after contract negotiations broke down, the Martin Brothers understood that the strike could drag on endlessly. Now, this, as we said before, meant that the workers would likely run out of money. So the Martins worked with a baker named John Gendusa to develop a way to feed the striking workers. As we mentioned earlier, Gendusa. Gendusa, that's right. Still making French bread to this day. They, they do still make French bread to this day. So they, now, there was a version of the po' boy before this, but they wanted a new type of French bread with untapered ends that was easier to slice so that there would be no waste. So you have to remember they, they're, they're trying to feed these workers on a budget and waste would not be a good thing. Okay. So John Gendusa developed the elongated tube-like French loaf of approximately 40 inches in length that was straight from end to end. Okay. So that was John Gendusa's creation, this particular type of French bread. Needless to say, it was an immediate hit. And the Martins expressed their support for the workers in a letter that said, Our meal is free to any members of Division 194. We are with you until hell freezes, and when it does, we will furnish blankets to keep you warm. Yeah, nice gesture. Yeah, It is a nice gesture. And we are going to stop here to take a quick break. And we are back. Brian, you bought up something during the break that I actually forgot to put in my notes. Would you like to share that factoid with the audience? This is something most New Orleanians already know. That French bread, because of our climate, it has a little, maybe a little to do with our, with our semi-tropical climate and the humidity. Uh, but... Uh, you can only bake French bread in the New Orleans, in southern Louisiana. It, it can't be, it's been tried, but it, it can't be done anyplace else. That's true. You know, you know keep, keep in mind, okay, the bread that, the bread that's used in, say, Philadelphia. For a, for a, for a Philly cheesesteak. For a Philly cheesesteak is a different bread. Okay. Um, it is very different from French bread. It's still good, though. It, yes, it's good in its own right. It's not It's not French bread. So you can't bake French bread in Philadelphia, but I'm not so sure they miss it because they do just fine with their own bread for their, you know, Philly steak cheese sandwiches. Pretty much. New York, the same thing with the Subway sandwich. Right. For four months... <clears throat> Thousands of po'boys were made free of charge to any striking worker looking for a meal. They would only do roast beef po'boys, which, you know, fair enough. I mean, that's a good meal. Yeah. Oh, yes, I agree. And they would they would cut these forty inch loaves in half, so you're so they would get like a twenty inch sandwich. Wow. Now, Benny Martin said that whenever we saw one of the striking men coming, we would say, here comes another poor boy. And over time, due to dialect, this was shortened to po' boy, yep. which is how the sandwich gets the same. 
The union did accept an offer from Nopsy after the initial strike, but on October 29th, the stock market crashed and led the world into a decade-long depression. Shortly after the crash, Nopsy refused to even bargain with the union, and ultimately the depression benefited the employers, and the, the union wound up losing their battle. Most of the striking men found themselves unemployed, their jobs permanently taken by the scab drivers, and the sabotage of the streetcar drivers continued until April of 1930. Now, the generosity of the Martins, as well as the size of their sandwiches, still proved to be a wise business decision that earned them a good standing with the public and hundreds of new customers. As the Depression worsened, many residents took advantage of the oversized po' boys to feed themselves and their families, and the Martins would only charge 15 cents for the sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a value, a 20-inch sandwich. Yes. And, you know, it, it was good because they possibly kept a lot of people from starving to death. In, in a time when, as we bought up before, you know, food insecurity was just at an all-time high everywhere. Yes, feeding your family back then was actually a challenge. <laughs> the Barton Brothers Cafe survived the Depression, and it became the most popular eating spot in town for many years. And, of course, the po' boy was copied by countless restaurants in New Orleans. <clears throat> and the Martin Brothers remained in business until 1972. And the po' boy remains an iconic dish. And no other sandwich in history has the distinction of being created because of a labor battle. Yeah, it's, 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 a very, it's probably the one sandwich in the world that has the most unique history associated with it. Yes, it is a very unique mm -hmm. history for our unique city. Yeah, very much so. And, of course, there's, just like with the French bread itself, which essentially the quality of the bread is mainly what makes the sandwich, the quality of po'boys in the <clears throat> metropolitan New Orleans area can vary greatly. And just with the French bread, like an example of French bread that if you're not from here, you may want to avoid if you decide to just go to a store and buy some French bread and some sandwich meat and make your own sandwich for, say, that meal at your hotel that you're not eating out. Uh, you don't want to get the, uh, the grocery store brand French bread. No, don't do that. For Spring for the Leidenheimers at the very least. Right, Leidenheimer, yeah, Rising, Jadusa, and then, of course, there was, he mentioned, uh, the, the Dong Fong. The Dong Fong, yeah, if you are in one of our supermarkets and you see Dong Fong, grab it. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes. And you're going you're gonna to pay more for the quality French bread than the store brand, but it is well worth it. I mean, what's three dollars and fifty cents for a loaf of Risings? You know, Leidenheimer. Although um, I, I do feel compelled mm -hmm. to warn you, you do have to consume the French bread relatively quickly, or or it will get hard. Not necessarily like stale in the way that you would think of like stale sliced sandwich bread, 
but it will get very hard and kind of almost impossible to to, to slice properly and make a nice sandwich with. Yeah, it doesn't have a long shelf life. It, it may you've got maybe two days. So down here, typically, if we're when we buy French bread, it's to it's to consume at least a portion of it that evening, that day. Yes, yeah. Preferably the rest of it the following day. Like Monday's a big day for French bread sales, typically in the Orleans area, because of course Monday is the red beans and rice day. And you know, of course, you know, to go with your red beans and rice, you wanna you want some French bread to slice up with some butter. Uh, yes, we, we need to go get po' boys tomorrow. We're hungry, yeah, yeah, yes, tomorrow, not tonight, because the only thing of it out there available tonight is gas station po' boys on Bank Street, which, as far as like quality goes, there you're pretty much limited to the to the hot sausage. It's like one of the po' boy secrets out there is that. Uh, just about everybody uses the Patton's hot sausage for their hot sausage po' boys. So the only thing different from one hot sausage po' boy to another one at most of the eating establishments is the bread. What bread they're using because the hot sausage itself is the same everywhere. Uh, the Patton's hot sausage is just fine for po' boy sandwiches, especially. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah, hot sausage. Yeah, it's. It's delicious. I love it with mayonnaise. I, I like mustard <clears throat> on mine, but yes. Yeah. But, you know, that's the beautiful thing about po' boys is that you can get them a, a, a thousand different ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dressed, of course. Yeah, dressed. Which means lettuce, tomato, pickle, mayonnaise, right? Typically, That's what, that, yes. that's what dressed means. And if you say you want it dressed, that is what you're going to get. And if you don't want any of the things I just named, you have to be specific. Yeah, you have to say, oh, okay, dress, but I want mustard instead of mayonnaise is one example. Or you don't want pickles or lettuce. Yeah, or dress without yeah. pickles, dress without lettuce. I'll typically say dress without lettuce because I'm not really a lettuce person. To me, lettuce is just something I hardly taste. It's, it's like a garnish, really, it seems like. I really think that that leafy spinach is better, but I don't think leafy spinach would taste good on a po' boy. No, no. Um, or should I, fresh spinach, another way, it is is another way to describe it. Fresh spinach is, is I whenever I get a sandwich from Subway, for example, uh, whatever sandwich I get is going to have fresh spinach on it instead of lettuce, as it's something nutritious that actually has a taste to it. Lettuce has no nutrition, and it's got nothing in it. It's like zero calories. It's if you could put water on a sandwich, it's crispy water. It's crispy water, yeah, solid <laughs> water, yeah. I, I really don't get regular lettuce on a sandwich. And for the record, I don't. Uh, when I, when I eat a salad, I make sure the salad is uh, is fresh spinach based instead of salad instead of uh, lettuce based. If it's lettuce based, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> well. In next week's episode, we are going to kind of go back to the beginning of where we started. And we're going to revisit the death penalty. We're going to be talking about Elmo Patrick Sonnier, whose story was 
made into the into the book Dead Man Walking, which later on, of course, became the movie Dead Man Walking, which uh, Susan Sarandon portrayed Sister Helen Prejean. And we are also going to be talking more about Sister Helen Prejean's views on the death penalty and why she feels compelled to be the spiritual advisor to some of the worst people that the state of Louisiana has to offer. Yes, uh, not not necessarily a popular uh, position, even with some Christians. But, uh, but it's always worth discussing. This is an example of a time where a member of the clergy understands the church's role better than most people do. Yes. As it's important it's important to remember that the the most pious of Catholics in this instance are non judgmental. That they're simply working to serve to serve God and administer to everyone. And not just serving God, serving the community. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I think that that's something that we kind of tend to forget that gets lost in a lot of, of, of these discussions is that they're supposed to be serving members of the community. They don't always succeed at it. But I do think that it is important to talk about people that do actually succeed at it. Yes. Yes. A, a, a good church will administer to the needs of even the most po- unpopular people in a community. But we will because get, they consider to be their duty. Yes. But we will get into that discussion more next week. And until then, dear listeners, be safe, be kind, don't park next to vans, and eat good food. Yes. And uh, if you decide to order a ham and cheese po' boy, there are places where you actually have to specify whether or not uh, you want you want the you want the ham you know regular sandwich cold okay or if you want hot ham mm. there are places that that do both okay i just prefer ham and cheese pro boy i just prefer just plain old ham and cheese i don't need the i don't need the ham to be hot uh that's if uh if it's dark it's dangerous and uh you don't feel safe don't be there in the first place. Don't go there for a po' boy at the wrong time of the night. Okay. <laughs> yes, it could be dangerous to go to that uh, Bank Street gas station late at night. Any or gas a station. Po' boy or any night. gas station late at night. And uh, while leaving one of these gas stations with a po' boy where you probably shouldn't have gone in the first place late at night, if you are talking to law enforcement in a professional capacity and you are not the victim or the witness to a crime, Lawyer up. 